This podcast is sponsored by Safe House Rehab Thailand, the premier drug and alcohol rehab dedicated to enhancing the science of recovery. First, a plug for my sponsor, who has given me the opportunity to help the families and loved ones of alcoholics and addicts better understand the nature of the disease and what they can and shouldn't do about it, shouldn't try to do about it. We say in our podcast and blog that our primary goal is to help you make an informed decision at this critical stage of your life. Safe House Rehab Thailand represents the modern approach to recovery, founded on safety, which is why we absolutely outperform traditional rehabs when it comes to intake and detox, technology, and aftercare. To learn more about our modern, advanced approach to recovery, we invite you to visit safehouserehab.com or send your questions and comments to info at safehouserehab.com. Hi, Bruno J. here, and uh, this is another episode of Busting Addiction and Smiths. Today, I'm um, pleased again to have Tony uh, join me. How's it going today? Good. Good. It's going well. It's going every day. So, um, today, he's going to switch gears a little bit. He had shared his personal story on the last episode or so, but now he's going to serve as an observer and an advisor because he has seen a lot. He uh, sees a lot of people. In, in a treatment uh, environment, um, he's very active in his uh, recovery program, and he has some words of wisdom he would like to share. So let me start with, um, there are four or five sort of buckets that we're going to put this podcast into, this episode into. The first one is, starting at the beginning, Tony, uh, how, what do you look for if, uh, again, you're a family member, a loved one of an alcoholic or an addict, and this is directed to you as opposed to necessarily the addict or alcoholic, because as we know, if they're in their active state, they're not listening to anybody. So the first one is, uh, what signs do you look for that maybe your loved one is heading toward a serious addiction? Sure. Say. So there are many variables in this, of course, and I think taking it back and really taking it back is um, the beauty of family and things like that is that we, we tend to notice a change in behavior, a change in a thinking in our, the people that we know so well. I think by observation, um, if it is coming to this point, the family already knows and is aware that something somewhere is not quite right. And how, how to go about this, again, I want to say but they are... they don't know exactly what. Yeah, but they don't, perhaps you don't know what it is just yet. There are many variables in this, and I think some things may be more clear than others. In most scenarios, the, the best way of addressing it is by calmly, collectively, and timing's also quite an important one on this, is approaching the person at hand and having a really a sit-down conversation and showing maybe not so much your concerns, but asking if everything is okay. Going straight to the source of the problem okay. and trying to have a open, honest conversation. And Why a, not? And a friendly one, right? And a friendly one, yeah. by all means. Yeah. I, I see that as definitely as a starting point. Okay. So let's. what are some of the common signs that uh, point to uh, uh, a budding addiction? What would some of the signs be? Examples. Examples may be changing, well, changing emotions, changing behavior, whether that is perhaps raised aggression or um, missing irritability, school, missing school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, late, proactive examples. Dinners. Proactive examples. Someone who's always on time is suddenly becoming 
constantly yeah. late. Yeah. Someone who's constantly reliable is suddenly becoming unreliable. How about sleep pattern? Um, someone who was, uh, you consider a normal sleep pattern, has some, for some what reason, coming in very late at night and is sleeping all throughout the day. And okay. someone who should be going to work throughout the week right. is sleeping in and is going in late. Secrecy? Um, ge secrecy. General routine, just seeing, uh, seeming out of touch or okay. out of okay. normality. Different friends, maybe? Perhaps different social groups and new social groups. Yeah, Phone there's, calls at night. Sure, there's many, many variables yeah, okay. in this, yeah. So absolutely. anything that looks disruptive from what cons is considered to be normal family balance. And, and I think the, well, an overall assumption is a generalized change in overall behavior, okay. which is apparent. All right. And there are question marks for yeah. this. Okay, all right. And then the, the quote, healthy conversation, what would that sound like, the friendly conversation? Sure, I mean, I, I can't give you a perfect example, but an example could be as just finding appropriate time for both parties where okay. no one's got a certain commitment where you can humbly sit down or um, calmly sit down and just ask how are things really going? Okay. What's, what's happening? I've noticed, I've, you could say, I've noticed this, I've noticed this, yeah. okay. is everything you're okay? Po you point to it. And, and if it's mother and father, uh, our experience, your experience as well, is that usually one person is closer than the other, and sometimes they have different attitudes toward the situation. Sure. Maybe dad doesn't <clears throat> want to know, Yeah. or maybe dad is the one who cares yeah. more, and it could be vice versa. And the instincts of parents tend to be quite sharp in, right. in, in my... Intuitive. They're highly intuitive. Intuitive, yeah. Okay. And so what should be, uh, so the conversation happens then, and if there is, usually there's one of two, or maybe more, one is, it's some sort form of denial or minimizing, correct? All right. So what does one do in that situation if I'm a mother? Uh, do I just accept it and come back at it a week or two later and go, you know, so how, how do you handle a quasi-denial at that point? It's important that you, you understand what you're getting. You, I mean, if you're in doubt and things like that, by all means, approach it again in a week's time or two weeks' time uh -huh. as time goes on. Keep addressing it, perhaps not every day, because it might, okay. get, it might explode. However, if, if that is the case, until you have evidence to, to evidence. really okay. prove that this is happening... Right. Can't keep catching them yeah, yeah. And so, so knowing that the disease as we all understand it is progressive one would assume that a month later two or three months later it has not gotten any better correct sure, sure. so that becomes another point where you're late a little bit more yeah. you know so I've noticed some trend going in the wrong direction is that an appropriate way to yeah absolutely okay. and what I would now say is uh, very 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 quickly on that from the very beginning is say this is the case and you really know something is up something is wrong you've, you've tried to address it calmly collectively but you don't really know yet you why. don't know yet but you have suspicion right give it that time however with a parent side of you or a friend or a loved one or anything like that I, I mentioned it in the last uh, last episode is educate yourself on this subject okay, on this perfect. topic bring someone else in for you to if you know what the topic is, is right? so let's, say let's just yeah. say that's the yeah. case because you could educate yourself on behavioral changes as yeah. a whole and, and, and addiction might come up as one of the causes or you could have um, a suspicion about drug abuse if you're attuned to it you're saying is learn as much as you can about it right mm. 
that the next stage is Houston. We have a problem. So right. so now what? Now 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 you have the option of, um, and I'll, I won't speak for you, but clearly, once you recognize that you have a potential addiction problem, you seek advice. Correct on what to do. Yeah, more and specific professional type of advice. Yes, and in in my opinion, from what I've seen, what I've encountered, and just in most cases from data it shows that uh, these things go on and on and on for quite long periods of time and they're progressively worse right the best advice that i could offer to anyone is to address this as soon as possible right that that doesn't mean going to address it with the not hoping it's going to get better because yeah. the reality yeah, yeah. is it gets worse unfortunately it never so gets yeah better. yeah never and, gets better and I'm not suggesting go to the individual and start putting things onto them or anything right. like that. What I'm quite strongly recommending is going to educate yourself now on that area. Right. And uh, technically speaking is look for solutions, but bring someone else on board cause, and then start expressing... Okay. How, about, how about if you go to... Well, we talked about this too. If you go to a psychiatrist, you may or may not bring your uh, loved one along. It could be, you know, maybe that person doesn't want to go or is not appropriate but talk about have uh, talk about uh, having someone who is quali a qualified professional not just any professional right so uh, what should we, what should you look for in that case if you're talking about a counselor or a psychiatrist you know the source of the problem whether that is a drug in a drug specific or substance specific right. or or alcohol so I think the best way to look for or the best person to look for would be a substance and drug specific experienced there counselor or okay. psychotherapist okay. Okay. who can okay. best assist you in, right. in in first looking after you and yeah, really understanding you your your problem the issues at hand right and then devising a plan with them perhaps about how to help your loved one okay, okay. Um, as a primary a very effective fast track moving method okay of instead of, as we say, prolonging this whole prolonging period, this, right. is addressing it from your side right. first with well, someone well, else who knows about this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And is it also, uh, I mean, I won't put words in your mouth, but um, that conversation about getting help for the loved one who may be in denial or may be defiant or may be desperate, doesn't matter, is is... Um, a form of intervention, right? It's a, it's, it's this point at which um, you you want to get their attention, and um, there are there are uh, interventions available, not just from a professional, but a family could get together and read how to do uh, an intervention. What's your feeling on something like that? My feeling on that would be, I think. There are several different ways to go about this. And it's, again, this is back to the variables, but trying to keep it consistent is, is uh, there are different avenues which you can take on this. And it obviously depends on how severe and how bad the person or the individual is affected by these drugs or, or, or alcohol or how far in the, in the addiction is this person gone. And in some cases, obviously, every single person is going to be different. And the solution for every person is going to be different, however, customized. And... Yeah. 
whether that is a matter of holding a family intervention and trying to organise a counsellor. An educated. An educated counsellor, yeah. um, Or family. Educating your family and trying to work through it with the family, whether it be doing that and bringing a counsellor on board for the individual. Okay. Whether it be trying to do a counsellor or a therapist and then trying to do some sort of change of routine throughout... It, it really depends. And then like, the, the extremes for this are there's an issue there which cannot be addressed in the ways which we would like to uh-huh. primarily. Right. And we have to, unfortunately, well, you can say unfortunately, we pass this on to an establishment, to a rehab facility okay. Okay. That, that basically handle this entire process right, for so you. So gets them into a primary yeah. treatment facility. I have a friend uh, in my hometown whose son is in really, really bad shape. He's young, and he has relapsed countless times. They hired um, a consultant coach to coach the family on what avenues were available to them. And then they went to, he did the assessment of, let's say, Roger's behavioral health versus this versus this, and looked at the individual programs. And they made a decision about an intensive outpatient program with some guardrails to it and blah, blah, blah. So that looked like they found somebody who would be a guide through the process, not necessarily a counselor directly, but he would guide the mm-hmm. family on what options were available. So that's an example. That and I think that's out. an absolutely fantastic way to go about right. it. Right, yeah. That's yeah. a very well-put method of going about it. Right, right. So I now I, it's like having a consultant to help you choose the right business partner. Sure. Right? Yeah. Same idea. Um, so that's a possibility. How about um, a change in an attitude on the part of family members who might see uh, the addict, alcoholic, their loved one, uh, might see their condition as a moral failing and really having them understand it as a disease? Can you, can you speak to that? Having someone very close to you going down this certain type of path, is it, it stirs in it and it... And it moves many, many different emotions in individuals, right. from from anger to pain to Man. to resentment to despair, despair, yeah, yeah. to humility yeah. to yeah. Humility. many, many different things and the shame. Of, how about the shame as part of that whole thing? Yeah, I don't want my yeah. Yeah. I don't want my family to know. Sure, right? if absolutely. If my family found out, oh my God, it would be a bad reflection on me. I'm a bad parent. Yeah, that kind of stuff. It, it, so it stirs all these emotions and, and these things, as we see, can really tear families apart. It, right. it's, a, it's not something that, that's, that's, that's easy to, to continue living with. Right. And, and many families, many individuals, most of us, we, we don't know how to cope with this. We don't, it's completely foreign and new to right. us. Never had it before. So, so, it it's, before. so it's to understand how to quickly seek advice for yourself in that area. Right. To understand, and I think once you do that, and you, this is when I say educating yourself on the topic, reaching out to other people and speaking to them about this. Um, as soon as you kind of make your network on that and really understand the topic and then start talking about it more, understanding it more, reading a bit more about it by speaking or reading or, or wherever, Alanon as an example, you, have, you are essentially educating yourself to a point where you're going to start thinking about it slightly differently. And, that, and, and that's a turning point. Uh, and I want, uh, it's a great, great way to segue to my observation is there are certain family members who have no idea that this is a disease and they become judgmental and this person is weak, yeah. is a moral failing. 
and others who might be a little bit more educated and then as you learn more that they're dealing with a disease not a moral failing so you're less likely to be judgmental toward this person and look at this person as needing help right uh, for a disease mm. is that that's got to be an important term. sure and it's and it's these emotions they they conflict us in the way that it's, it's the same as we we, do, we don't know how to go about something and we don't know what it is right. if we don't learn about it we, we don't know what, don't it, know what, is. what it is the, the, the sooner and the quicker do we learn about it the quicker are we able to okay. understand it so the what problem. you're looking up then is the disease of addiction that's the it right okay and then thinking about uh, getting help for yourself on the premise that this disease is a family disease and the people in the family are just about as sick as the uh, addict by the time things get bad, right? Yeah. Your thinking yeah. is different, uh, your, your thinking is warped, uh, you're, you're in a, can you talk about the state of codependency, for example, that happens when you're only okay if he's okay? If he's not okay, you're not okay. And that bond has to be cut. And Al-Anon is a particular example. Can you, can you speak to that topic? Compare it to the same way that if you have a terminal illness in the family. Right. You've learned that someone in your family's got a terminal illness. And, I mean, that, that's not just the person who's terminally ill is it affecting, but it is essentially, if you compare the two scenarios, yeah. that person is the person who's at risk here. Yeah. Whereas the rest of the family are emotionally at risk and perhaps at further risk yeah. in slightly different ways due right. to aggression or the behaviors of that individual, right. which separates those two examples. Right. However, the principles, are, principles in this I don't know, example are the same in the such as that, that everyone is going to be affected. Everyone is going to be affected in somewhat way, right. some more than others. And so they're trapped now in unhealthy thinking and behavior, right? In response to the unhealthy thinking and behavior of the addict alcoholic, mm. And there needs to be a path for them to get back to healthy thinking, correct? Yeah. And um, can you speak about the benefits of a program like Al-Anon that helps people? Absolutely. And it is as clear as a problem shared is a problem halved. Right. Especially when the problems sometimes in these, these cases so often are the fact that we don't know, we don't understand the problem. Right. We can see the problem, but we don't understand the problem. And by sharing this with other people who are specifically... I wouldn't say experts in this problem, but are facing similar problems. Right. And then you have people running those groups who are have years of experience right. in these problems, dealing with these problems. Basis, right? 12-step basis. And there's a sign on the wall, because I'm also a grateful member of Al-Anon and have been for years in and out, because my family circumstances were such that I needed help in that respect. Sign on the wall, it says, you didn't cause it, you can't control it, and you can't cure it. So that's a reminder that you're powerless over this thing, right? Mm. That you have no power whatsoever over mm. the trajectory of the disease, and you need outside help mm. to give you that power. And, and I'm not saying that these are the, the perfect only solutions way. for each way. family, for the, right. each individual, or the only way, as you're saying. However, I do see that, in my experience, I know enough families and people to see that these things have been of benefit to right. them. Right, right. I can see that, that, that in my family, as an example, is I know that that played a large role for my mother, right. as oh, an example. However, it did not work for my father on the other side. Right. But that's based on the individual themselves. 
right, so just on a wrap-up basis, what has your experience been observing the behavior and the attitude of families that would help the uh, addict or alcoholic get into recovery as soon as possible? What would what would be what would be and how do you handle the how do you handle yourself in the meantime, right? So on the one hand you're trying to help the alcoholic and addict, but you really can only do so much until that person accepts their situation, right? And asks for help. On the other hand, as you're going through the struggle, what do you do for yourself? With, with this I would I would quite firmly say, don't put this on pause. Do not leave okay. this on pause as these um, addiction is extremely destructive. It is extremely powerful. It is right. extremely progressive. Right. And Downward. it is easier to address these things earlier, earlier sooner down the line. And okay. in that way, I would, there are, there are many ways to go about this and they're, they're quite simple. They're fairly straightforward. We've just, we've talked about a few, whether that is looking signs of symptoms and things that up for yourself on your phone, on the internet or wherever you choose to do so, to then speaking to a trained professional on this topic, right. explaining your side of things. So, so you are sharing the problem and finding the best solution possible for okay. you and your loved one. So I lost my mic somewhere along the line. I'm not sure where. Uh, we'll find out in the recording and the playback. But the question I had asked Tony just now was, what's the bottom line with respect to getting uh, their loved one to help? And then what do you do for yourself in the meantime? So he was answering that question. Thank you so much, Tony, Thank for, you. your, for your insights. We'll have another session or two on other topics. But your insights are extremely valuable, I'm sure, to the families and friends of... Uh, of uh, those who still suffer from uh, from alcoholism and addiction. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Bruno. Thank you. Tune in next week for the next episode of Busting Addiction and Its Myths, where we now have our weekly episodes titled by topic for you to search and download at your leisure, all in the interest of busting some myths and bringing you the truth about the face of addiction and alcoholism today.